Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome! To a live Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast just before a four-game battle with the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. The Yankees and Red Sox have faced off this year. Of course, the New York Yankees are 2-1 and one against the Red Sox. It's July. They've played three times. It was the first week of the season. So that's normal and good. Jake Diekman got the save in the third game of that set. So glad that this rivalry has not been rekindled from April. That was the day I got COVID. (laughs) April 11th to now. The Yankees and Red Sox have not played each other. But here's a four-game set in Fenway and a three-game set at Yankee Stadium coming up next week. So this should be good, I would say. Somehow we've trekked into a mood-swingy part of the baseball season where the Yankees are just so far ahead of everybody. They're 59-23. and that every loss turns into a hot take festival. Uh, people are spinning a two-game losing streak into the end of the season and disaster. And, you know, it's easy to look at the screen and go, wait, this team has Josh Donaldson, Aaron Hicks, Joey Gallo, Kyle Gashioka all starting in a row. Wait, maybe we do suck. But then they beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 16-0 in the finale of that series. The Red Sox call up their most vaunted pitching prospect in the finale of the Rays series they played before facing us. He got rocked. They lost 7-1. So the Red Sox all of a sudden come into the series with two straight losses. Yanks coming in with one win, five runs scored off of a uh, – well, six runs scored off of, of a position player pitching, but still a 10-0 game in the eighth before that, so I wouldn't exactly call that artificial runs. And all of a sudden, you're feeling a little bit better about the Yankees' chances, feeling a little bit worse about the Red Sox' chances. And, again, lost in the shuffle, reading Fangraph's projections for the World Series winner – I just saw them tick by. They got the Yankees as the fifth most likely team to win the World Series. The Mets in fourth. I guess we're just bored of the Yankees at this point, but they're opening this series 14 games up on the Boston Red Sox and 14 and a half up on the Ray, on the Jays, 14 up on the Rays. They're, they're 14 up on everybody in the AL East. And I understand that could be dull for some people. A series split, all that does is take games off the Red Sox calendar. The Red Sox it's look not- up at the end of four games. You win two in Fenway Park. The Red Sox look up at the calendar and go, we accomplished nothing. So I want a Yankee sweep. I want the Yankees to take three out of four. I just want everybody to keep perspective. We're going to be keeping perspective as we preview this series. My expectations are reasonable. Just, just hurt them. Make them bothered. Make them look up at the end of this and feel frustrated. That's all I want. We're going to preview the whole set. Also, Chris Sale had an absolute meltdown at AAA yesterday. After a fine start, he's losing his mind. We're going to talk about that. And the Red Sox, every time a, a fan attends Fenway Park this weekend, they will be looking at a gigantic billboard of Derek Jeter lingering over the wall, thanks to ESPN. We're going to talk about that, too, and defend Jeter's legacy a little bit, because I think the big poppy stuff and some fan gibberish recently has gotten it all 
mixed together again. So we'll just go through all that one more time for everybody who needs a refresher course on one of the greatest players in baseball history. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question in that review. If you want us to answer it, we will be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. You can also find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern. This is 3 o'clock Eastern. Oops. No, we did that on purpose. But Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. I I guess I forgot how podcasting works. It's been five full minutes, but I know you have plenty of thoughts to share on the Boston Red Sox as well. Yeah, and it was a long weekend. Fourth of July weekend. Hope everybody had a good time. Um, Relaxed. We needed it. Yankees were off. Um, And yeah, man, 16-0 win. I like that. I like it a lot. Um, look, Yankees lose to the Pirates. They lose the finale to Cleveland. People start to get a little antsy. You lose that one game to Houston. No run production. 59 and 23 head into a four game set with the Red Sox. 14 games up. There simply can't be complaining from anybody. You, me, regular fans, people who watch leisurely. You know the problems with the New York Yankees. We saw the problems with the New York Yankees last year. Like you said, you go into this series, if you're the Red Sox, you split. You've accomplished nothing. How many series did we go into last year where it's like, well, we got to take three to get a game, and that's going to be a lot of work, and then you come out with a split, and it's like nothing ever happened. Um, Thankful to not be in that position this time around, but nonetheless, you know the problems with the Yankees. You and I know the problems with the Yankees. The problems still exist. The only difference this year is that the problems are not magnified as they were last year. The problems are the same. Strike out a lot. Don't get hits with runners in scoring position. Go in weird droughts or you're not hitting home runs. Leave the starting pitching hanging out to dry. Thankfully, we're not seeing egregious base running gaps or or really, really bad defense. Um, but the offense, the offense is boom or bust largely. Um, and that's what we have to deal with. That's what you're going to deal with throughout a 162-game season. Um, and I, I'm just here to provide perspective because usually I'm yelling about shit and I'm mad about stuff. Simply cannot be mad if they're going into an offensive drought in the position that they're in right now. It's going to happen at some point. You saw the yes graphic last night. They put up with everybody slumping. Judge really bad these last 12 or 13 games. His average has dropped 20 points. His average has dropped 20 points. He's still in the 280s. That's how good of a season the guy's having. Still in the high 900s for OPS. Just be thankful. Um, things could be a lot worse. Your team could be really bad. Um, a lot of other guys struggling. Donaldson, you mentioned. Uh, yes, he had a home run last night. Overall has not been good. Joey Gallo was batting 30 heading into last night's game, I think, over the last two weeks. 30. 30. It was 30. Um, Kyle Higashioka, also homer, did some did some work last night playing very poorly. Anthony Rizzo not, not hasn't been hot either. You got to ch- – look, you know who is hot? DJ LeMayhew. I've been complaining about DJ LeMahieu for actually a decent every other podcast. I'm probably saying something like, "Why are we doing it?" Raises average 267, OBP 368. I think he's been on fire for like the last two weeks, which has kind of been helping the Yankees get on the board first, start rallies. Another thing that's been annoying: the Yankees haven't been the first to score. I think it was like um, four, uh, 13 of the last 16 games or something. Something like I think it was like. Uh, 13 of the last 15 heading into last night. Yeah, yesterday, first, first time, first time, long time. Uh, yeah. They, unfortunately, I've been cataloging this because it's been making me mad and, and it's <laughs> not sustainable. Like, no, um, uh, you know, it's, okay, so the reality is at some point, the Yankees will play worse than a 59 and 23 winning percentage. Yes. And they're like, I think they're 10 and six in their last 16. 
No shame in that. It is the again, that's that's the way it is. Since they lost their 17th loss is when they blew that big game to Toronto. Since then, they've lost six more. And that was yeah. two and a half weeks ago. So that's yeah. you know, six losses in two and a half weeks. Normal behavior. For this year's Yankees, it feels like a major step back. But they blew the lead, obviously, in that Toronto game uh, on that Sunday. And starting then, they took the first lead in the opener in Tampa, not in the next two. Uh, then they came home to face the Astros, did not take the first lead in any of those games. So that's one of seven. Yeah. Then they uh, face Oakland and weirdly only take the first lead in one of those. They were down 3 nothing in two of those baseball games. So then that's two out of ten. Not great. Go to Cleveland. Don't take the first lead in any of those games. Two out of 13. And then uh, start the Pirates series. Not in that one either. So two out of 14 to start yeah. that uh, series. You know, not good. Again, no. can this can this team win a miracle? Yeah. They did it to the Astros twice at the buzzer. Uh, do they come back? Do they get down in the dumps when they fall down 3 nothing to inferior or superior opponents? No. And going into the postseason, I have full confidence the Yankees can win any game as long as they keep it reasonably close entering the middle innings. But do I want to see two straight weeks of them falling behind every single day? No, I don't. Uh, and a, a lesser team would not be over 500 during a stretch like this, which occurred mostly against very good teams. The A's yeah. are obviously quite bad. They're pungent. Uh, the Guardians have been terrible. Just got four games swept by the Tigers after the Yankee series. So that loss in the finale, uh, which, by the way, almost another no-hitter. They got one hit. So that doesn't exactly, you know, I'm not going to sing their praises for that one. The first Pirates loss is definitely one of those very familiar losses where just nothing is going right. Where you're watching yeah. the game going, uh, throw the records out the window. The Pirates are on every pitch. And part of that's Tyone struggling, which has been a reality lately. His last six starts has got it over a six ERA. Uh, but the, you know, those, those two games in a row, they just lost. I somehow, uh, you know, I fall into this pattern of like, do I think people should be panicking about these games? No, every reasonable fan knows that a, they're not going to play at this unsustainably great level all year. B they maybe shouldn't because who wants to enter the playoffs after winning 117 games, especially with the Yankees recent history where the narrative, when they start October will be, let's see it in October, no matter how many wins they have. The 98 Yankees were coming off a 96 championship. And so the narrative there was, this team can't lose. And then they went down to Cleveland, and then they battled back. Congrats to them. But the 98 Yankees entered the playoffs with a championship mindset. The 2022 Yankees, no matter what their record is, are going to be entering the playoffs with everybody under the age of 18 saying, show me this in October. There's a generation of people who've grown up with the Yankees cheating in the playoffs. They're cheating in the playoffs. Failing in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's the uh, Astros who are nipping at our heels for the number one seed. They're the ones who cheat in the playoffs. Um, but the, the Yankees are either, you know, they're, they're looking highly likely to be either very favored or favored to get to the Astros and then, and then fail. Um, but you know, everybody has watched the Yankees play a playoff series before and play a postseason. If they do get to the ALCS and the Astros beat them, regardless of who the favorite is, it will be merciless. If they fall in the first round to the Blue Jays, Rays, or Red Sox, it will be beyond merciless. And the attitude entering the postseason will be people waiting for the Yankees to fail. So we understand why people are taking these two games against the Guardians and against the Pirates that seriously, even though the series ended with a 16-0 Yankees victory. Obviously, you should not be overreacting to what you just saw, even the last two weeks of baseball, 
even me saying I wish they wouldn't fall behind so much. It's just me categorizing an annoying trend. It's not me saying this is the beginning of the end or the end of the end or the middle of the end or what have you. It's just me saying to keep notice. So I, I sort of fall on either side, though. I think it's fair to complain. I think it's fair to say this is frustrating. I do not want to see this team go behind 2 nothing, 3 nothing every single day, regardless of the opponent. And watching the starting pitching regress a little bit has been frustrating. Uh, that said, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to snap at people who are just saying this is annoying. I also don't think it's fair for the gloom and doomers to say Boston's already on our heels. This is embarrassing. It's 14 game lead. If the absolute worst case scenario happens in this four game series, the Yankees are up 10, which is roughly where they were like a week and a half ago. Yeah. They were up 15 at their highest point that got down to 11 during the middle of the Astro series, almost fell to 10. Aaron Judge saved them in the finale there. They are up 14 entering this series. You could not ask them to be in a better position entering this series against the Red Sox team. That is 9-18 and 18 against the AL East this year, which when their schedule has leveled up to the varsity, they have taken a major step back. And those two games they just lost in Tampa against Tampa in Boston, two of the worst losses you'll see heading into a series of this importance. They win the first one going away without a starting pitcher. They lose the second one. Their ace, Nick Pavetta, gets stomped seven earned runs by a team that doesn't hit. The Rays don't hit. Outside of Isak Paredes, the Rays do not hit. Wanda Franco has been below average this season in many respects. Roughly average. They call up their top prospect, Brian Bayo, uh, who it still makes me mad. His name is not Brian Bello, like Brian Fellow, Safari Planet, but it's Brian Bayo, and he also gets destroyed, and they don't do anything against Corey Kluber. They, they lose a Yankee game. They lose a 2021 Yankee game. They put all this hoopla around the game. You've got guys talking about this is the next Pedro Martinez, which is both embarrassing and premature, but also exactly what you'd expect from Boston. Then he's not prepared. He's not very good. Dennis actually spends the whole pregame going, look at this kid. He's got it. He's running on the mound. If anybody's ready, he's ready. He's not ready. Uh, that's classic Boston to think. Also, somebody running on the mound is an indicator of future success. The city that gets hyped <laughs> up just by like people trying extra hard. Like smash mm. cut to his stuff isn't good enough. It's not well located. And he gets rocked and they lose. So they're not exactly in a confident place. The Yankees and Red Sox always seem to hit a 500 mark. They, No matter who takes the early lead in the season series, unless it is an extra special season, I believe in 2019, the Yankees went 13-5 and five against the Red Sox, which is crazy. That never happens. The Yankees are up 2-1 now. Would anybody be shocked if the Red Sox took two out of the next three and then we're at 3-3 in the season series? Would anybody be shocked if these two sides split? Would anybody be shocked if there's an embarrassing game in here for the Yankees along the line in the four-game set? even if the Yanks have momentum and the Red Sox don't? No. Uh, just preparing everybody for the inevitable that feeling feeling much better today than yesterday. But, uh, you know, odds are always in the favor of if you're going to take – I'm always going to bet on the Yankees-Red Sox series evening out to, you know, 500 exactly, nine apiece on each side, or one team goes 10-9 and nine against the other. That's just how it always goes. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But hey, the Yankees come into this one with a little bit of an advantage. Um is Eovaldi's not healthy still, if I'm following no, the Red Sox correctly. We will not We will not see him yeah. in this series. Uh, latest update is that there's no starter for Saturday. Both yeah. Bayo and Chris Sale are in the Red Sox clubhouse right now, but they also both started on Wednesday. Which yeah, they can't to. start. There's no way they're starting Saturday. I no. mean, they, they would be starting. Whoever that is would be starting the first game next week after the series is over. Unless the Red Sox feel like starting their prize prospect who sucked yesterday on three days rest, uh, which I wouldn't recommend, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so there are two games in this series without a starter. It's supposed to be Michael Waka on Friday. It's supposed to be like an opener plus cutter Crawford on, on Saturday. That's, that's what we're hearing as of now. Yeah, and look, another thing you have to look at here that's actually a pretty big advantage is Garrett Cole gets the weakest link out of all, out of all the pitchers. He gets Winkowski tonight. Um, and I think Garrett Cole needs that because he's not been good against Boston. He's been really bad in Fenway Park. Um, and the Yankees coming off a 16 to nothing win. Yeah, maybe that could indicate the offense is starting to maybe get back on track a little bit. I know they've had these out. They scored 13 runs against Cleveland. I know the offense hasn't really gone anywhere, but it's been oddly inconsistent and it hasn't been as aggressive as we had seen earlier in the year. So maybe Cole goes out tonight and, shuts it down he doesn't have to worry about facing an an ace on the other side of the hill um he doesn't have to really worry about the red sox being on fire because they're not they've lost six of their last nine and like you said got outscored 15 to 5 these last two games against the rays which is fairly embarrassing um especially when you have they had pavetta on the mound on tuesday did not go well um and they put all this, they put all that, uh, that hype around uh, Bayo, a whole lot. And Corey Kluber uh, pretty much shut down the Red Sox last night. Um, so, yeah, and we're throwing the rotation at them with the exception of Severino. And, yeah, the rotation's regressing, but guess what? The rotation was not going to perform at that level for the entire year. No rotation performs at that level for the entirety of a season. Um, we saw what happened. To, I like to use the Los Angeles Dodgers last year as a perfect example. You have Walker Bueller and Julio Urias cruising through the year. They get tired down the stretch. 
They start to collapse in September. The wheels fall off in October. They're out in six games in the NLCS. Um, so, you know, that's not the trajectory I'm looking at for the Yankees, but you have to understand that it's going to normalize. Nestor Cortez is not going to be the all-star, you know, the AL all-star starter. Um, Jamison Tyone, I think a very good pitcher, but he's been limited the last few years. Um, he Last year, he threw 144 innings. That's still not really commensurate with someone who's supposed to be a number two, number three starter should probably be closer to 170 at that point. Um, especially for the, you know, the workloads that he carried early on in Pittsburgh when he was one of the top guys there. Um, so a lot of the, there, there's ground that needs to be made up. There's, uh, there's innings watch on a lot of these guys, Tyone, um, Severino and Cortez specifically based on how they performed in recent years. And honestly, even Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery missed all that time with Tommy John surgery came back during the short in 2020 was not very good. And then really got a big workload last year had a good year. Now he's having another good one this year, but it's, it's a lot when you're piling those innings on your arm. Um, and you know, the Red Sox are going into this series with a bit of a skeleton crew, two out of the four starters, not really anything. Michael Waka, I just think is a lifetime overachiever. Um, the Yankees should be able to hit him even though they don't. Um, and Nick Pivetta is a giant man, baby. He will cry on the mound when Giancarlo hits a home run. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton hits a home run and throw his glove on the ground. So, I think the edge is here for the Yankees. Like you said, at the very least, I would love a series split where, you know, where the Red Sox are scratching and clawing to, to salvage it. You know, we keep referencing this series against Toronto where they came back and won that, uh, that crazy game. Toronto put in every last bit of energy they could have ever expounded into that game because they were down two games to nothing. The Yankees still almost won that game. And you got to look at the toll that that kind of takes. They go ahead, they lose a series to the White Sox. They lose a series to the to the Brewers after that one. They win a series against um, uh, uh, the Red Sox. And then they play five straight versus the Rays and lose three of those. Um, and then they lose a series against the A's. So I think that, that I think that plays a role where you're fighting people down, where you're dominating your opponent to the point where they need to get one in there to salvage a victory so they don't walk away with the sweep and their heads completely down. And yeah, let, let them celebrate avoiding the sweep. You got the series win. you played with house money, you're gone, move on. If the Yankees can do that in Boston, I don't, I I'd much rather a series win. It'd be great. If you can go in here and split on the road when the Red Sox kind of have their backs up against the wall, they, like I said, lost six of their last nine, just kind of got embarrassed by the Rays where they had an opportunity to create a little bit more separation, that middle part of the division, and they didn't do it. Um, they, they have good offense, you know, that they have the core four there for their offense, JD Martinez, um, uh, Alex Verdugo. Um, I am forgetting them because I hate them. Uh, Xander endeavors. Yeah. Yeah, Trevor Story's playing horrible still. Um, Christian Vasquez has normalized a little bit. He's not playing as great as he was. Um, Bobby Dalbeck is bad. Uh, Kike Hernandez is on the IL and hasn't been performing well. And Jackie Bradley Jr. Couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. So look, the, the opportunity is there. The Red Sox don't lie down. It's not what they do. Um, you know, we're going up against it's, it's the rivalry. It's intense regardless. Um, I think first and foremost, though, I just, I'd like to see a Cole victory tonight. I think he needs that for the remainder of the, of the season um, just to get the wild card stink. It's never going to fully go away, but you got to work towards it. This will be a good step one. 
Um, I think that sets the tone. And then you have the Red Sox fighting for their life for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't want Cole starting this series. There was a time when I thought he was going to pitch game two, and I preferred that. I I just don't want to see them have a chance to get a jump on him. But if he flips it and, you know, is able to shut them down in the first inning with the top of the order, that is such a huge boost to the Yankees. Again, no need to overreact to one game, especially in this series where every team gets up for every game. And that Blue Jays game we keep talking about is a great example of that. That's as bad a loss as you're going to have from the Yankee side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a huge grand slam, and they come back from 8-3 down in the middle innings. Since then, the Blue Jays are 7-10. and 10. Yeah. They lost a series on the road in Oakland, the, the literal worst team in baseball. Not, uh, you know, not – we've we've looked at the Red Sox schedule and say, look, they're playing all of the worst teams in baseball. And they were. They were playing Oakland twice during the month of June where they uh, – Went 20 and six and lost a game to the Yankees in the standings, which is sick. Again, though, you're a fifth likeliest team to win the World Series per fan graphs. Totally get it. Makes sense. Uh, but that game took, we were speculating about it, saying maybe that's going to take something out of the Blue Jays, a little bit of wind out of their sails. It did. It fully did. They are now, like, they went to supreme efforts there and have now slipped behind the Red Sox. Uh, and they're, they're seven and 10. And two of those wins were because the Red Sox didn't bring their full team to Toronto. Because uh, they're all vaccine hesitant. You mentioned Nick Pavetta, gigantic baby. He is a gigantic baby. He lets out a bunch <laughs> of whines and cries. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton homered off him in the Bronx in the first series. It was 45 years ago, and he started screaming and throwing his glove around. Like, yeah, I, oh, I can't believe one of the best power hitters in modern baseball history took me deep uh, to the short porch. How could you do that to me, Nick Pavetta? He also cleared the benches in Toronto uh, yeah. by fighting with Vlad Jr. And he was so pissed at himself for yanking one up and into Yandy Diaz two days ago that he started swearing at himself. And then Yandy Diaz started trying to fight him. And then he was like, no, no, no. I was just being a huge baby yelling at myself. I don't care about you. I'm just a wiener dog. Uh, So we mentioned Nick Pavetta, obviously a big baby, somehow is like the third biggest baby, not only on the Red Sox, but in the Red Sox pitching staff. It would be remiss if I did not mention that Josh Winkowski, who's starting tonight, uh, lost at Wrigley Field last week. Oh, my my God. One of my favorite moments of the 2022 season, maybe of the decade. Red Sox lose to the Cubs for the second straight night. They lost, by the way. You lost the series. You usually talk shit when you win baseball games. If they talk shit in the middle of a regular season series in Chicago to – we would have been coming down on them for that, but at least win the game. Then it's defensible. Josh Winkowski loses. Socks don't hit. First game at Wrigley. Uh, he, he's, he's basically nobody. He comes over from the Mets last year. He's in his first month of Major League Baseball. Quote, Fenway kind of has a presence to it. I really didn't get that here, to be honest. I said to my mom last night, this place is very stock standard, if you ask me. I didn't really feel anything, to be honest. It kind of just felt like another ballpark. First of all, Called your mom after your game and you told us, dude. <laughs> if I called my mom after every game I wasn't playing, I'd keep that one a secret. Two, <clears throat> stock standard. And Red Sox, the players want us to believe they're the only team with fans and a stadium. It's not unique to you to have a crowd. Fenway's amazing. Wrigley's amazing. I prefer Wrigley. It's better looking. Fenway's freakish. The fans are crazier at Fenway probably, but the Cubs are going through a monster rebuild right now. Yeah. You wonder why the fans aren't go- tearing their hair out and, and impressing you because this is a last place level team. 
that's delivering <laughs> weekend victories. Like you just lost to a team that's barely trying to win and has a little bit of energy because the prospects are coming up and they're playing a little better as of late, but that's who you lost to. And then you decide to make it about them and not you and say, I wasn't impressed by the fans and this stadium is nothing like Fenway. Uh, I mean, if you could bottle that energy and that urge of Boston people to say nothing is like Fenway park, like you can power a steamboat. Like it, it's just this ridiculous, like power sweat. Yeah. Sweat and body gunk that comes out every time they talk about hair that, you know, baseball is great. We love baseball, but actually we're the only fans of an actual team. Everybody else is fans of something else. You know, Rob Manfred stinks. Baseball is a corporate megalith. If you support it, you're embarrassing, but the Red Sox are pure of heart. Um, and, and like, you know, we own, sure, we own Liverpool and sure LeBron James is one of our owners, but actually like the Red Sox are just owned by 17 random Irish guys. And, you know, you have to believe in the magic of, of this team because, you know, Major League Baseball is this giant faceless corporation, but the Red Sox are still owned by three toddlers dragging a wagon around selling newspapers. Uh, the dumbest fucking people on the planet. And, and they have one of their own. Josh Winkowski is apparently one of those people as well. Um, and, and that brings me to the biggest baby of all, Chris Sale, who isn't going to be active for this series. Uh, scuffled a little bit in his rehab start on Wednesday uh, in uh, Worcester, Mass, against the Yankees AAA Farm Club. And again, it was kind of a rough one. He walked five people. He ended up forcing in a run with the bases loaded, walked to end his day. Tough stuff, right? Doesn't feel good to do that, especially if you're working your way back from injury. Chris Sale's going to be making some really important starts down the stretch for this Red Sox team this year. Not in Toronto, where he legally cannot go to and will not be changing that uh, and will not be doing anything to change his ability to pitch in big games down the stretch against the Blue Jays. But he's certainly going to be pitching big games. Control was a little off yesterday. Did not see that command. And immediately after leaving that game, tore down a TV, punched through the ceiling, dragged a whole bunch of nonsense off a shelf, threw an absolute hissy fit. Someone who has a history of throwing hissy fits, by the way, cut up his jerseys with scissors in previous hissy fits. It's not like this is unprecedented. Red Sox fans are trying to tell us that that was passion, that that Sale, who has repeatedly hurt himself, including fracturing a rib recently, was just showing competitive fire, and you wish your team did this, etc. Do I think there are more meltdowns happening across the baseball landscape that I'm not seeing every day? absolutely yeah do i think chris sales temper tantrum was appropriate no and do i think this needs to be some grand debate about what it means to be a competitor no is it fair to just laugh at chris sale absolutely and does chris sale owe the woo Sox a new tv and clubhouse a hundred percent yes we're coming off max scherzer who's a famous hot-tempered bulldog buying the mets minor leaguers a bunch of surf and turf he bought them all airpods Chris Sale ripped their technology off the wall and threw it on the floor. He didn't only not buy them AirPods. He took what they had and said, you don't get to have this anymore because I walked a guy and I have $140 million in the, in the bank. What a jackass. And the guy who runs social for the athletic, who is a Boston Red Sox fan, very easily look upable, uh, tweeted the video of Chris Sale going ballistic. With the caption, do you like this kind of energy and accountability from a player? Accountability? If I ever had a tough meeting at work and I rip my TV out of the wall, am I being accountable or am I being a moron? Answer the question. <laughs> so to piggyback off of 
these, this accountability and passion. Look, there is a sort of passion to it. Obviously, if you feel that strongly about something, you're, you, you have a level of passion that, that needs to be perhaps fixed. Um, mm-hmm. I, I made fun of Chris Sale on Twitter last week because he was pitching in a double-A game in Maine and struck out a batter to end an inning, and one of the beat writers was like, Chris Sale lets out a roar strikes out a batter to end the second. And I'm like, come on. A ro- you, you're screaming at minor league, double A minor league batters after getting a strikeout to end an inning. Like have some self-awareness, which society lacks in general. There's no, no surprise there. You come into contact with many people on a daily basis. The guy ordering a sandwich at the deli who's been waiting in line for 20 minutes, gets to the front, then has no fucking idea what he wants. Let's, let's try to improve on that folks. yelling at minor league batters as a commensurate professional who's won a world series and then destroying a minor league ballpark are minor league ballparks famously just printing money, just dropping money from the press boxes to get all the equipment and all the amenities that these players need. Absolutely not. They're usually these downtrodden places that make money off uh, fruit loop hot dogs because that's the concession that everybody's coming to eat that night. Um, absolutely ridiculous behavior from Chris Sale. Honestly, like we see meltdowns all the time. You see someone break a bucket of seeds in the dugout or destroy a water cooler. And that's different. That's the professional level. You're in a dugout with other professional players who have been around that and understand that. I don't know if a lot of AAA guys, I don't know how young at least these guys are or new they are to the AAA level have seen something like that. Double A guys, I don't know. Um, Heim Bloom appeared on the radio today to talk about this because Chris Sale obviously is not going to talk about this. Um, no, he never will. He will never apologize. Avoiding, yeah, yeah. The reason he's avoiding the series. Um, Heim Bloom said, quote, that's who he is. There are plenty of guys, including somebody we all love, who was going into Cooperstown later this month, referring to David Ortiz, who has been oh, yeah, stuff like that when they're frustrated during a ball game. It happens. It probably happens more than people think with guys that you might never suspect. So it's something we never condone, but there's a lot of passion in the game. And when you have someone who holds himself to a highest standard as Chris does and who cares as much as he does, sometimes that passion is going to express itself in different ways. A very, very generous and light way to talk about how somebody has unhinged mental issues um, or unhinged anger issues. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and also, David, I mean, that David, David Ortiz. Ortiz is insane. But comparing that to David Ortiz, like, First of all, it's not the same. But second, if David Ortiz destroying a phone with a bat is the positive comparison, can we maybe say David Ortiz destroying a phone with a bat is also embarrassing? It's also yeah, whiny. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit much, but look, look, we we love Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill was always doing shit like this. He yeah. was throwing his helmet down the first baseline. He was he was throwing everything um just for grounding out. So, you know, the passion, I understand. The passion is there for a lot of guys. This is their profession. It's at the highest level. There's eyes on them all the time. They're, the expectations are overwhelming, and you might not know how to handle yourself in certain situations. But to be a professional like Chris Sale and not know how to handle yourself on a rehab assignment, I'm not talking about making your debut from the IL, coming back to face a division rival, and getting yanked after you know two and a third innings, and it's an embarrassing appearance. This was – and a whatever appearance at AAA to, to get your bearings back on after you had been out for so long and you're going to do this. And not only that, do it 
where you can potentially be filmed doing it. Like if you're go destroy the clubhouse where there's no reporters in there or something. And then, you know, send them a check later on. You're doing whatever this was, but this was like a hallway. I, I don't like it was either way. There was accessibility for somebody to pop in there and be like, Oh, what's, what's all that noise? Why do I hear destruction happening? And someone can pop in there with a cell phone. So, um, absolutely unhinged anger issues that need to be addressed. This, there is a difference between passion and inappropriate behavior. And yes, David Ortiz destroying a phone um, probably is not what you want to see and probably is not appropriate, but it's a lot more acceptable when it's happening at the major league level, when there's a lot more at stake rather than you just getting a warm up against inferior talent for you to just get ready to make your next start in the big leagues. So Big difference here, Heimblum, I, I understand what he's saying, and he's obviously not going to come out and say, oh, well, you know, my ace is a little bit wild, and we don't really know what to expect. He said he didn't condone the behavior, but to draw the parallel to the Hall of Famers who have lost their shit, it's just not even comparable, and, and we can't be letting people off the hook like that. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, it rings a little bit like a cool youth pastor doing like, hmm, sounds like Chris Sale destroyed a TV. Like, you know who else destroyed the lives of many sinners? Jesus Christ and his little friend God or whatever. Like, it's a ridiculous thing to invoke at that point. And you do have, uh, yeah, the big poppy angle. The the, the difference for me is, uh, you know, is do you want to defend Chris Sale's fiery passion? If you really want to, great. I'll hear it. If you really want to, if you really want to do that, I'll hear it. Um, but then don't come down on Paul O'Neill. Don't yeah. don't spend your entire life laughing at Paul O'Neill for busting up a water cooler on a ground out. And then go absolutely, you know, hog wild applauding for Chris Sale destroying a television uh, at a minor league stadium where everybody can see everything that you're doing. And you know, I, I'm not sure why he was in the tunnel. Maybe you really want to get that TV. It seemed like he really wanted to get that TV. Who knows? Maybe CNN was on. Uh, maybe Dr. Fauci was speaking and, and Chris just wanted to go go to town there. Um, there was a really funny response. Uh, David Friedis is the guy, the catcher, the, like the Yankees AAA catcher who drew that walk. And uh, somebody tweeted, you know, imagine being this upset at David Friedis. And his wife wrote back, like, I actually understand I'm on Chris's side. Like, he never puts his clothes in the hamper. So, like, we're having fun. <laughs> We're all having fun, except Chris Sale is having no fun. I mean, you're talking about him swearing at minor leaguers last week. Uh, that was after a game where he was, you know, he's much better pitching for double-A Portland. And somebody asked him the very relevant question about his vaccination status because the Red Sox are coming out of Toronto. 
where their closer can't travel and their center fielder and leadoff man can't travel. And they've already got one of those guys saying, I'm going to fix this by the next time we come up to Toronto because it really sucked. And so somebody asked Chris Sale the really relevant question of, are you know, are you seeing what's going on up there? You feel like changing that or no? And he was like, why you got to ruin this shit for me? I was having a great day. Why you got to ruin this? I don't know, Chris. Why Why you got to ruin it? Why, why they got to move the rotation around for you so that you can't pitch in Toronto down the stretch? Uh, there's never been a more hateable Red Sox as long yeah. as I've lived. I, I really thought like Kevin Euclid and Dustin Pedroia were the, were the top of the upper echelon and I, uh, how wrong I was. This guy is a of his own. Never forget Chris Hale also uh, among those who were advocating. Uh, he was basically threatening to boycott the White Sox if they said they couldn't hang out with a 12-year-old boy in the clubhouse. When Adam, Adam LaRoche's like teenage, teenage kid was in the clubhouse, Chris Sale's like, if you kick him out, you're going to kick me out too. It's like, why do you love this boy? <laughs> I think we're going to look back in history at the, that White Sox team is the weirdest, least cohesive weirdest. team of all time. Staged a walkout because we're, we're taking a teenaged child out of your locker room. Not a bat boy, not a coach, just a, just a, a guy. Kid getting homeschooled on the road. <laughs> getting homeschooled on the road instead of going to actual class. Uh, we should all check up on, on Adam LaRoche's kid at this point. I'd be, I'd be intrigued. Uh, if Adam LaRoche's kid saw the example that Chris Sale was setting by destroying that TV, man, he would be a different man today. Beyond the streets. Um, thank goodness we got him out of that, that clubhouse because if he was still following Chris around, we'd be in a much worse position today. Um, let's talk before we wrap about the Derek Jeter billboard trolling Red Sox fans as they enter Fenway Park this weekend. Again, an example of a perspective shift, right? When the Yankees were when they had lost the first game in the in the Pittsburgh series in a two-game set, and then they're going into Fenway, and the Red Sox win that first Tampa game. You're like, if we go in having gotten swept by Pittsburgh after they put this Jeter billboard up and the Red Sox are rolling and it's like an 11-game deficit and the series ends at seven, I'm going to be really, really pissed and I'm going to – pretend that you know i'm gonna remind myself that it's not the billboard that's doing it but i'm still gonna go to bed at night saying i think it's the billboard that did it uh you know now that the Yankees are 14 up we have a little more rational measured take on this it's obviously awesome that there's a Derek jeter captain billboard staring at, at red sox fans as they enter fenway park it's a lot like the thank you mookie billboard that was up there thanks to uh some some intrepid dodgers fans last year Anybody wants to keep using that billboard space outside Fenway Park to troll these people who, again, think they're higher than now, think they're better than everybody else, um, and yet somehow are also still the underdog. Like, we're better than everybody else. We spend more money than everybody else. All we do is win. But then when we win, we're still shocked. Oh, my God, I never thought this could happen to me. But what (laughs) you were screaming in, in, uh, like, five seconds ago, you were telling me how cocky you were. And then all of a sudden the game ends, and it's like, oh, my God, a win. I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, the, the most frustrating people on planet Earth, who, again, are going to win the World Series this year because the flags are in the World Series logo. So we'll just get that out of the way, too. But the Derek Jeter billboard that, that went up um, it has, has restored these sort of Jeter discussions. You had David Ortiz, of course, in the booth a couple weeks ago, too, uh, making a comment that he tried to clarify that didn't make a lot of sense. Here's what gets me. Red Sox fans love to say they respect Jeter. And then they call him the most overrated player of all time one sentence later. Well, not a bad player, just just overrated compared to what he actually was. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard it before from you. I've heard it a million times. So what does that mean? 
Are, are you giving me the big poppy argument that he would have been just some guy if he played in Kansas City? Because, yeah, some guy with the six most hits in MLB history, right? That's a lot of hits. He actually might have been more revered in Kansas City. I'll, I'll die on this hill where he wouldn't have gotten lost in the shuffle or been on the same pedestal to receive all this excess hatred. You see how much they love George Brett, right? People go nuts for small-town heroes. Imagine Jeter just dominating without the New York media. People hate New York. People don't care about these small-town teams. Even if he never played defense in his life, he'd be an all-timer. But luckily, his motor never stopped running, which led to some of the quintessential singular defensive highlights of the modern era, the dives into the stands, the flip. UZR has no idea what to do with the flip. So I'm sorry he didn't always have to jump throw when he jumped through. Sorry it was exciting for you to watch. Sometimes it's about the show, and nobody was a better show than Jeter. A seven-part show on ESPN, actually. And by the way, no kid ever imitated Mike Lansing. <laughs> uh, There's yeah. a reason everybody loved him. Yeah, yeah, and you know you do have the fans who are, yeah, respect him. And then, you know, I know starting nine is not all Red Sox fans, but then they tweet out, the picture of him diving into the stand saying it was, you know, the most overdramatic move in baseball history, which I don't even know how it is. You're just sprinting full on and have your knees cut out from underneath you. So I don't even know. Um, again, most of these people commenting on this, including ourselves, have probably haven't made an athletic play in 16 years or ever. Uh, so they don't know the magnitude of the stakes that are happening in the game and your awareness, your adrenaline and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, to call somebody overrated who played a, consistent 20 years in the bigs achieved everything that he did missed out on unanimous hall of fame uh induction by one single vote um the yankees once again who are notoriously hated for the success that they have achieved over a century longer than a century um this man was revered by almost everybody um he was loved by the media um the obviously the writers uh, respected him uh, a great deal. Um, he does plenty of charity work. He is someone who was, you know, consistent throughout his entire career with uh, welcoming in other personalities. I mean, we can we can talk about a Rod coming in and that dynamic kind of smoothing itself out because it was a situation that the Yankees kind of needed to work, but. How many of those situations do you see elsewhere that don't work out when you have two big heads in the same room and people who kind of can't handle uh, the, the dual spotlight or um, the types of uh, the, the, the dynamic in that situation where somebody wants more or somebody feels like they're not getting enough or they feel disrespected or they feel overlooked? That happens often. That happens on a lot of teams where just look at every example when there's a free agency splurge on any team in any sport. Any team in any sport, it never works out year one. Never does. There's there's always a there's always a troubling dynamic. Something doesn't work. Um, falls by the wayside. Team wastes a lot of money. Hype goes to nothing, and then you miss the playoffs, and you're a joke. Um, Except for us in 2009. Yes, honestly, yes. Um, one time. Yeah, one time. Um, and you know the common denominator there was Derek Jeter. I think a lot of players wanted to play with Derek Jeter. You, you look at every opposing player who has ever talked about Derek Jeter. There there are no bad words to be said. Uh, a uh, a stand-up professional, someone who respected competition, someone who respected his opponents, someone who went out of his way after a game to talk to certain opponents and tell them they did a good job, go up to younger opposing players, tell them they have a bright future, things like that. So uh, forget about someone, you know, him maybe being overrated. That's, you know, uh, an opinion that's great, good for you. 
Um, this is someone who was a perennial all-star. He led the league in hits in his second to last season at age 38. Um, you know, so this is a guy who possessed the talent, the drive to maintain that consistency to win, to keep a cohesive locker room, to show the sportsmanship on the field that we see dwindling every single day. Every single day in sports, we see massive amounts of disrespect thrown across. You know, NBA is all the NBA is is constant trash talk to one another. Um, you know, in baseball, we have the eternal argument of shoving up pitchers and hitters and whatnot. Um, this is a guy who tried to maintain that integrity and generally did backed it up on the field with his play. There's really no, I don't know how you would dispute his stats. Um, got snubbed from the MVP award. You didn't really hear a word about him over that. You know, a lot of other players and I wouldn't have blamed him for coming out. I also don't blame the other players. Uh, other players throughout history have come out and said they were snubbed from an MVP award. Um, didn't say a word. Won gold gloves, whether you thought he should have or not. Um, this stuff simply happened. And once again, the Yankees perennially hated this man, perennially loved and respected. Um, so I don't understand the hate. Although I don't like the billboard outside of Fenway, if I'm going to segue that really quickly. I don't like the juju that sends. You know, we joke about it all the time. Red Sox fans live. Their blood is pumping through their veins so they can come up with a contrived narrative to gain more motivation. And what is a what is a better way to contrive motivation than to have Derek Jeter's face outside your stadium when you're 14 games back of the Yankees with them coming to town in a four-game series? Mm-hmm. So it's not in my head or anything. I'm not like, oh, man, great, this billboard just fucked our entire season. But I don't like that because that's how the Red Sox – they talk about all Boston does. The pay, top rating the Patriots did it. We're still here. You've been there the whole time. Nobody said you weren't ever there. So it's just these ways where they come up with this, this nonsense to drum up this motivation to where they believe everybody's counting them out, where they believe like nobody's even counting the Red Sox out this year. Their turnaround has been incredible. They were 10 and 10 and 20, they're, 10 and they're leading, they're leading the wild card. Nobody's counting so, yeah. you out. Leading the wild the card after, after a historically bad April, leading the wild card. So no one's counting them out, but this will be. Watch. Watch when you're going to be seeing the discourse on social media this week. Just watch. There will be amp, there, there will be people making fun of this. The Yankees will lose a game. that They will point to this billboard. I guarantee it. Um, so... I hate to end the Jeter conversation on that, but the billboard's wow. there. Hopefully it hopefully the, the mental game switches and now that's playing some sort of spooky, spooky spell on Red Sox fans. Um, but historically it doesn't. So I don't know. Yeah, we're still here. The the multi the <laughs> five, six times Super Bowl champions. The everybody knows about the New England Patriots going, you forgot it. we're yeah, we're old and we're famous. Yes, we know. <laughs> Uh, Chris Sale uh, during this podcast apologized. Uh, okay. Said he threw a he said he threw a seven year old temper tantrum, and that quote at least uh, you know Worcester's getting a new TV out of this. Ha ha ha! But he also said it happens, right? I wouldn't be here without that emotion. It doesn't happen, right? Like you got half of it right, but like you also don't have to do that shit. Uh, so moving on, um, yep. I'm not that happy about the billboard either. To be perfectly honest with you. Obviously, didn't hurt the Dodgers last year. Obviously, you know, Red Sox fans will find, they will find any possible excuse to pretend like they're being disrespected. Uh, the hitter power rankings, 
when they left Rafael Devers out of something on MLB.com I've never even heard of. The Red Sox official Twitter account tweeted about it when Devers got a hit. They were like, hmm, thinking about adjusting those hitter power rankings, MLB.com. What are the hitter power rankings? Some intern. I did, though, give it a little hat tip because I was like, whoever's running the Red Sox social media knows exactly who is retweeting these things. Yes. Like, they, 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 that is perfectly on the pulse of this fan base to find something. I bet they're Googling for some odds maker no one has ever heard of right now that has the Red Sox ranked 13th in the World Series odds so that when uh, Kevin Plawecki hits a ribby double tonight, they can tweet, ooh, not looking like a World Series favorite, huh? Odds bet slash Australia? Hmm, very interesting. <laughs> like, they will find literally anything to, to manufacture this phony edge. Again, for a team that's won four World Series in the last 20 years. So you know what they could just do? They could just be the Yankees if they wanted to. But instead, they are the Yankees with the confidence of the Orioles until the game is over when they're right back to having the confidence of uh, the Yankees or or Celtics fans or whatever. It's insane. Uh, Best of luck to Red Sox fans. I could have been a Red Sox fan in a different life. Obviously, I'm not confident leading into this series, but the Yankees have a 14-game lead. So I feel you. I feel you. We feel you. We're talking about billboards. But we don't have any World Series championships since 2009, and you do. So maybe back off a little bit. Also, nice job in the NBA Finals, losers. That's it for this edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. In that review, if you want, we'll be more than happy to answer it. Uh, join us live on YouTube again, 2 o'clock Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays. This was an atypical time, but you know what? A few more of you joined us, so maybe we start doing these at 3 Yeah, I'm just... Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. We'll talk about that later. That's a little strategy talk. Peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. New York Yankees are at Fenway Park. That's where you can find them four times. Let's whip. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? Folks, I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us on YanksGoYard.com. Our bylines are there. We're writing plenty of content. Trade deadline less than a month. Stuff's happening. We need some things. A lot of things that we'll talk about probably next week. Um, you can also talk to us on the uh, official Yanks Go Yard uh, Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll be there all weekend, um, putting some content up there, interacting with some fans uh, about the series. Um, and let's just go Yanks. This is bit last time the Yankees were in Fenway was that crazy game on Sunday Night Baseball uh, where the uh, the home plate ump made that crazy call. Judge got that clutch hit. It was complete chaos. Um, so. Hopefully you carry that energy back in there. Well, the last time regular season, I'm sorry. Last yeah, time regular the last season, time not, was way, I'm way, not talking way about, worse. Yeah, you know, fuck that game. Last time regular <laughs> season, that crazy Sunday night affair, it was a good time. Four games. Let's do it. Let's get the job done. Bury the Red Sox further down the division. Moving on right before the All-Star break. Have a good time. How about this? Two normal games, two crazy games. That's your sure. task. Let's get some normal ones. Let's get some crazy ones. And hey... All night games. So hang out by day. Yankee Sox at Fenway by night. And then welcome them into the Bronx next week. Pretty sick, actually. I love it. See you on Monday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.